All right, quick recap as we usually do. Um, who hasn't been here before? Anyone? You guys haven't been, and you haven't been, you haven't been, sweet. I love this, new people, it's good. Um, so, quick recap. Um, felt God put on my heart, start something like this, because people are hungry to know about God, to know the truth of the word. And Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So you can't get free without truth. It's impossible. Like God doesn't miraculously reach down, grab you, touch you, and then you get free. You get free because you know the truth and you receive it into your life. So truth is like so, so, so powerful. So that's what this teaching night's about. It's about me teaching what I know from the word and what God's shown me and what's freed me. And I can share that with you guys, hopefully if it's you know relevant to your lives and all that good stuff. Um, and what we did was we started with the idea that um, everything, like the, the big point, the big picture, the big goal is to, there's lots of things that try and distract us, but the big idea is to know God, not to walk in power and see miracles and lightning bolts come out of your finger. Like that could happen. That's cool. But the whole big picture of your life, what you are destined for and created for is to know him. Like Paul says, everything else is rubbish. I just want to know him. You know what I mean? And he was like, I haven't even got there yet. And this is like 30 years into his Christian walk. He's planted heaps of churches, seen heaps of people healed, raised from the dead. He goes, yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm just pressing on. And it just never ends. And in that you find so much joy and peace and you find who you are and you find strength and clarity. Um, and so what I want is I want everyone in the entire world, but especially people in this room right now, because you guys are hungry, um, to, to know God as best as you possibly can in your own authentic personal way because you are an individual person and God's going to talk to you differently than he's going to talk, talk to me and talk to anyone else. And it's this own little thing that you get to treasure and watch over and steward your whole life, you and him, him and you. You're one together, one in spirit, the Bible says. That's crazy. You're one spirit with God. Like, I don't hear anyone... No one preaches on that. Why does no one preach on that? That we're one spirit with God. That literally says that. It's like, it's, it's clear. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. Um, yeah, and so I want people to, to know God, right? And so um, I've, I've shared this stuff with lots and lots of people. And I've seen little uh, red flags that get raised in people's head. And they go, yeah, I know that, Nate. But da-da-da-da-da. Excuse. Doubt. Yeah, but like this happened to me, my experience is, but what if it's not? How can you know? And all these things come up and I go, like, I just want to tackle all those things because then they're getting in the way of your destiny, who you were created to be and who you were created to know. Bless you. In Jesus' name. Um, so, um, so, yeah, my heart for this teaching night is let's tackle all the things that people go, but Nate, that can't be true because da 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 da. And I'm not going to go, I'm not going to seek God intimately because of my past and this happened to me and you don't understand and people hurt me and all these things that come up. Like I, I, want, to, I want to smash them because it, they're all lies. Like you're destined to know God, to know him intimately, more closer than your deepest, closest friend. Like as, as much as you know yourself, you know what I mean? And I feel like I, I've, not, I've not seen many people that can claim that they know God that well. You know what I mean? I feel like it's a big a big gap and I want people to know him and I'm on that journey too like I don't know him like as, as well as I know my best friends but I know I'll get there because that's what I'm called called into like Jesus says I've called you friends 
It's not this like master-slave relationship. It's I've called you into friendship. Like friends hang out and they have fun and they listen to each other and they support each other and they don't, they don't leave when trial happens. They stick around. That's what, that's what friends do. That's you and God. That's what you're like. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so what we started with was we started with my personal testimony just so you could see where I'm coming from with all this stuff. Then we hit on truth and we tried to smash truth because if you can't even believe what I'm saying, there's no point in doing teaching night number two. Like don't bother coming back next week. Or if it's just my opinion, who cares? Like I'm just a person, it doesn't matter. But if it's God's word and like it's actually 100% true and it's like, you know what I mean? Then that is incredible. And if we can get to that place where we can know truth, not just like think we know it or feel like we have an opinion on it, but know it, that's when you can be set free. So truth, and then what are you gonna do with truth once you've got truth, right? Well, it's, it's literally useless without faith. Like you can say, um, I'm a new creation in Jesus, but if you don't receive that for yourself and walk in it, and like, it's like you can have a, um, an outfit and it's yours and it sits in your wardrobe, but if you never put it on, it doesn't serve its purpose, right? So truth is made to be applied to you and you do that through faith. And that's where we're up to tonight. So that's like catching up to where we're at. So, oh yeah, and also we did hope in, in the middle of, between those two. Um, but all, all the recordings are there, so you guys can go listen to it on Worship Night if you guys are keen to um, catch up on what we've done so far. But yeah, does that make sense? Is everyone clear where we're, where we're at, where we're going? I'm just gonna keep reminding of this every single week, by the way. I know it's repetitive, but it's like, that's how you learn. Like, they say to primary teachers when they're teaching them how to teach young kids, there's only two things you need to know as a teacher. Repetition and repetition because it just, <laughs> it just sinks and sinks and sinks in and you go, oh, okay, I get it. Sometimes you need to hear it over and over and over again before your heart actually goes, oh, and you have that like, aha uh -huh moment and then you make it yours, you know what I mean? Anyway, um, what'd you say? Love those aha uh -huh moments. Oh, you hurt me, sorry. I did. I have the hearing of a um, fox. <laughs> um, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sensei hears all. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. I want you guys, this is not a true story. I just made it up today to prove a point. So just so you know, I couldn't think of a real life one. Um, imagine a father and a son and the father believes in his son. Like it's a, it's a young kid, like, let's say a six or seven year old kid. And this father loves this loves his kid, he sees so much potential in him. He sees how he like tackles math problems and stuff and he sees how he treats other people and he sees how he sets goals for himself without even realizing it and he actually goes ahead and does it and he starts to like speak life into him, being like, son, you're a genius. Like you're way ahead of your friends. Like you, you could change this world. Like you could be prime minister, you could be president, you could like be the first person on Mars, you could, you know, cure cancer, you know what I mean? And he just, and this kid just grows up in this environment, just like life receiving, receiving, like all this like amazing stuff that he can't see yet. He can't feel it yet. He doesn't even necessarily believe it yet, but his dad believes it, right? So he's growing up in this environment. Here's the question. Do, will, will he be able to change the world and walk into his own destiny if he's just going off what his dad says about him? 
Is that, is that a clear question? Like if it just goes, well, my dad said this about me and my dad says this, my dad says this. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'll clarify that in a second. What I mean is, if he goes, my dad says, and he's, and he's resting on what his dad says about him, that's not the final step, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. If he never takes on for himself that he's a genius, and that he can change the world, and he believes in himself, all those things that his dad said will just never reach that final destiny, that final end, that final goal. Does that make sense? You guys following that? So, until, until he receives it, like it could be true. In fact, it is true. Let's just say in this example, it is true. The kid's a freaking genius. He can change the world. But until he believes it and receives it for himself, it actually lies dormant. You know what I mean? It's not alive and it won't ever be alive until he goes, yeah, I am a genius. And then he starts living like that and all of his actions come from that heart, like what he believes about himself. All right, second example. <clears throat> Imagine two families, both of them, let's say um, mother and father and uh, son and daughter. Both families are Christian. Um, both go to church. Both send their kids to Christian schools. Both read the Bible. Both pray. So like very similar, right? Would, would tick off all the same theological beliefs is what I'm trying to say. But one family anticipates, expects, and believes that God's word is going to protect them, guide them, strengthen them, like get them through stuff, whereas the other family just sort of goes along with the routine. Now, let's say you add five years to that, what sort of outcome would you expect to find differently between the two families? Like, would there be any difference? Like, is it just enough to go, no, I'm Christian, and yeah, you intellectually, you believe all the stuff, it's all there, but without that, like, honest, authentic, like, eager expectation and desire and, like, anticipation, God's gonna, God's gonna, stuff that you haven't seen yet. I bet if you, if you honestly, it was a real world example and you watched those two families, you would see drastic differences, like uh, death versus life, honestly. I've seen it in people. The people that expect God to do da-da-da-da-da, usually they are a lot more full of life. Um, they, their life doesn't actually look usually any better, circumstantially, but they seem to deal with stuff a whole lot better. They seem to not get rocked. They seem to just have this joy that just lasts. Even when they're crying and they're really hurt and upset, they still have this like deep, just like, yes, like I know I'm, I'm good, I'm sweet, like Jesus, like, you know what I mean? So what I'm trying to say is in both those stories, like the truth was there the whole time. The truth is that it's, it's there to be grabbed on, taken hold of, pulled down and then poured into your life. Like the Bible is right there. It's on your phone. Like it's all right there. God's word is spoken. It's done. It's written. He's finished. The book's done. But until you reach out and receive it for yourself, it will do nothing for you. It says in Hebrews 4, talking about the Israelites in the desert. You guys know that story? Prince of Egypt, <laughs> that old cartoon movie. But, um, that was a good movie, actually. 
um, Moses leads the people out of Egypt, right? And they go into the desert because they're not ready for the kingdom yet. So God leads them in the desert and they're complaining and whining the whole time. It actually says in Hebrew, so this is the New Testament, looking back on that thousands of years later. And it goes, those guys, the guys in the desert, they had the exact same gospel that we do, talking about the good news of Jesus. They had the exact same gospel that we do. And then it says, but it was of no use to them because they did not combine it with faith. Because they did not combine it with faith, it proved of no worth to them. You can even come to teaching night and, and nod and agree and ask questions and go, yeah, but until you receive it for yourself, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be dormant. It's just going to be lying there. It's just waiting for you to go, no, I am a child of God. I am not what the TV says about me. I am a child of God. Until you do that with that kind of intensity, nothing's going to happen. I promise you. Because God doesn't force himself on anyone. He's waiting for you to connect with him through faith. So it's God's grace. He does all the power, all the transformation, everything. And it's just your faith. And faith is just receiving it. I just acknowledge it. And those two connect up and then bam, life changes forever. Anyone believe that? Anyone experience that? When grace connects with faith, it's just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And it happens with all these different topics in the Bible. Like you can be like frothing on like, I don't know, prayer. But then you might have zero life in the um, in the the topic of finances. Like you just you just don't have faith for that. Like you don't believe that. Well, then it's going to lie dead until you do. You know what I mean? Like you will struggle and worry and have fear about it the rest of your life until you go. Actually, no, my my God takes care of all of life, including my money, and I'm not going to worry about that bill I just got for ten thousand dollars due tomorrow. <laughs> That's reality for some people. Legit. What are you going to do when that happens? <laughs> Probably most of us would freak out, but then hopefully you'd come back to God. <laughs> um, so, awesome. Yeah, cool. So, here's a question for you. Um, how many people did Jesus die for? Everyone. How many people are in the kingdom? Not everyone. <laughs> So Jesus, like we all agree, the work of Christ destroyed sin for the whole world. Everyone can come. You know what I mean? But those who don't, what's the difference between those who do? That's a very big difference, heaven and hell, right? Huge. The biggest. What's the difference in the middle that divides the people? The ones who accept it and the ones who don't. Does that make sense? Are you, guys, are you guys seeing what I'm pointing at here? Every truth is exactly the same as that truth there. If you don't receive it, you don't just get like a little bit of it, you get none of it. Like that's how God speaks. Yes, no, forever, never, always. Um, some, no, no, he never says sometimes. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's all black and white. Do you know what I mean? Um, love, hate. That's how he speaks. And so if you, if you have Jesus, what do you get? Everything. If you don't have Jesus, what do you get? <laughs> Nothing. If you have Jesus, you get life. If you don't have Jesus, you have death. Like it's, it's, you've got to speak like that. You've got to think like that. Yeah. And it's the same way. You've got to apply that way of thinking to every single thing you read in the Bible. And that's why the Bible can say something like, everything that does not proceed from faith is sin. 
that's actually what it says in the, in the word. Everything that does not proceed from faith, from you fixing your eyes on what you cannot see, is sin. That means sin must be a part of every single thing. Sorry. Sin. That must mean that faith must be a part of every single thing that you do every single day. It's supposed to be just a perspective you live from. Does that make sense? Awesome. So could you repeat that verse again? Yeah, where is that? Romans 15 or Romans 14. No, Romans 14, 26-ish? I don't know. That's crazy. Thank you. Yeah. Somewhere around I've yeah, craziness, hey, seriously crazy. Yeah, once again, everything that does not proceed from faith is sin. And faith is fixing your eyes on things that you haven't seen, trusting in God. Like we said last time, right? Faith is just trusting in God. Sin is pretty much saying if you don't trust God, then that's sinning, which yeah. we know is, is like putting our own minds above Him. That. You should be up here, Ellie. That was, that was deep. I'm going to repeat that so that people in the recording can hear it. Ellie just said, straight from heaven, <laughs> um, she said, what would you say again? No, I remember it. She goes, um, no, I won't. I'll say exactly what you said. You said, basically that saying, that verse, everything that does not proceed from faith is sin, is saying that if you do not trust God because faith is trusting in God, just not trusting in God is sin. Every area in which you do not trust God, that's sin. Sin, and and the, the, reason, the only reason you wouldn't trust God is because you trust something else above Him. So basically, you're just elevating something else above God. That's really all it is. Like It's pretty simple. You know what I mean? If you trust your own experience and your own wisdom above God and what He says about the world in His Word, that's sin. It's like Proverbs 2, 5 and 6. Yeah, exactly. That's you weren't here last time. That's exactly what they read out. Oh. Like, and Proverbs 3, to 3, 5 and 6 is... Okay. <laughs> nah, it's like... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All your ways acknowledge him and he'll, he'll make you pass straight. Yeah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Um, people can look it up if they need to. Um, so good. And so what happens is. Whew, is this making sense so far? Yeah. yeah. Can I just say something? Yeah. So just to repeat it. So you're saying that if we don't have faith in our finances mm. through God. Then, that, then we're sinning by not believing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I think and that's so. The same thing with our relationships. And anything. The same thing with salvation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's anything. Anything that. That's why faith is trusting in God. Yeah. Very, very simple definition, yeah. but it's so deep. Once you start thinking about it, it's like, oh yeah, I freaked out about that bill that came in the mail because I don't trust in God mm. with my finances. Yeah. It's just you just got to speak simply like that and go. You know what? That wasn't cool. That was sin. That was me trusting in. Oh crap! I've got to do this. Da 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 da. Put it and back on yourself again. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so Is good. Is that verse one more time? Where was it from? The I, Romans fourteen. Did anyone find it? I Romans fourteen twenty-three. Oh, I was close. I was three off. Yeah. <laughs> I know where it is on the page in my Bible. I just don't know. <laughs> Can you read it, Renee? Yeah. Um, but he who is uncertain about eating a particular thing is condemned if he eats, because he is not acting from faith. Whatever is not from faith is sin. Whatever is done with doubt is sinful. Wow. Yeah. And don't, yeah, but that's, don't, don't take that and go, oh my goodness, I have sinned 1,000 times today. Like, I'm, I think we think that way sometimes, 
Um, I'm actually, we're jumping ahead because I'm already going to touch on this, but I'm going to go ahead there now. I think we think that way sometimes because we think we doubt when a thought comes into our head that's not God. So I'm going to go up and pay for that guy. Oh, that's never going to happen. That thought comes into your head, right? Mm -hmm. And you think that's you. That was, that was the error. You didn't sin and you weren't even doubting. The fact that you were walking up to him proved that you believe. Yeah. Does that make sense? Doubting is when you go, oh, should I? Uh, and then you walk away. That's doubt. Yeah. It's like Jesus is not going to ask you to do something you cannot do. And what you cannot do is control every single thought that goes on in your head. Has anyone tried that? It is impossible. Like I get thoughts in my head that are just laughable every single day. It's just like, that's so not me. Thank you, Jesus. Just keep walking. You know what I mean? Like the, thought, the thoughts in your head, even the feelings in your body. I'm going to touch on this in two weeks. Oh my goodness, I'm excited for it because it is such a big thing in our culture. The feelings that you feel about anything. Who says that that's you? You say that that's you because you've grown up that way and you thought that I feel this way, therefore I am. I feel depressed, therefore I am depressed, therefore I will act depressed and therefore I open up myself to more depression. I'm not condemning anyone here that has depression or has struggled with it. I've struggled with it myself. It's not fun. But what I'm saying is, you even just in your mind acknowledging those thoughts aren't me is so powerful. Like you just watch the fruit that will come from your life when you go, actually, how I feel right now, even though I feel literally out of control, like my emotions are so strong and I feel so, I hate this person. That's what I feel. You still get in those moments to decide what you are going to do. Just because you feel some way, like, yeah. Anyway, we'll touch on that in two weeks. I've got a lot to say about it. Um, yeah, I've planned ahead, guys, so watch out. Um, I've got a spreadsheet of all my topics I want to talk about. Um, yeah. Okay. So what I want to say, big picture for tonight, just so you get this. This journey of having God as a reality in your life as faith as a central, has faith as a central piece. It's the part that you bring to the table. So what I want to say tonight is that pretty much how it works is with your life, with your transformation, with your journey, God brings everything. So you can never, ever, 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 ever boast that I've done anything. Like even if people say, oh, Nate, you're gifted at teaching. Yeah, but God gave me that. And all that I have done is receive it in faith and then believe that he's going to use it, which means I have done zero work because faith is not a work. Faith is I'm acknowledging that there is favor towards me, that God is for me, God loves me, God, um, you know what I mean? God's going to work through me. I have done nothing and there's nothing I can boast of. In fact, faith gives you the, the, the reason to not boast in yourself because basically you're acknowledging by faith that I, there's nothing I have done because you have faith in someone else. Does that make sense? So the, the big idea for tonight, write this down if you're taking notes. God reality follows receiving his word through faith no matter what. God reality follows receiving his word through faith no matter what. One more time. From the top. God reality follows receiving his word through faith no matter what. If you want God to be a reality in your life, not just an idea, it, it starts with and it follows you receiving his word, his truth in your life, no matter circumstance, no matter experience, no matter how you feel, and no matter even what you think about this certain situation. 
who even says that your way that you're thinking right now is the right way to think. But let's say I'm thinking about a situation, I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me, God. Why would you do this? Why would you even ask me to do this, right? Trust even can trump that. Faith can trump that and go, you know what? It doesn't make sense to me. It is a mystery to me right now. I don't get it, but I trust that God has the answer. So even what you think can limit you from faith sometimes. It does often. Totally. You know what I mean? Wow, I say that a lot, don't I? <laughs> um, okay. Also, to add on that verse that I said before, everything that does not proceed from faith is sin. Check this one out. It's a keeper as well. Um, without faith, it is impossible to please God. See how black and white the Bible is? Where's that, sorry? Uh, <laughs> Hebrews 11, 5 or 6? One of the two. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Um, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It doesn't say, without faith, you only please Him a little bit. See how it doesn't talk like that? If you have faith, you please God. If you don't, you do not please God. It's just so black and white. I love it because you can't get confused. It's like, am I in a little bit of faith, a little bit kind of pleasing God? Maybe today, tomorrow? Like, that's how we think. But God's like, do you have faith in me? Do you trust in me? Yet then you're pleasing to me. And if you don't, then you're not. It's just so, I love it. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Black and white. We're great. Humans are really great arguing perspectives there's a billion different opinions out there just like maybe this maybe this maybe this you're never gonna know god just goes no it's this not this move on it's like sweet that makes it so much easier thank you jesus that's amazing um so good okay also big big uh asterisk right here i'm gonna speak strong tonight and i didn't speak strong last time i spoke gentle because it was an introductory interfaith but I have to speak strong to some extent or you won't fully hear the severity of what, you, what happens when you don't have faith in something. I, I promise you it is the difference between life and death in your life. It is. Isn't it, for salvation it is, right? If you don't have faith in Jesus, you go, don't, you know, don't you not go to heaven? Like just that one thing, that, that's the tipping point. You got to, like, I'm going to speak strong. But what I don't want is for anyone to feel, walk away from here and feel crap, condemned, guilty, shamed, I'm not there yet, I can't believe you would say that, like that's, that's way too far from me, I'm just trying finding my faith, I'm just finding my feet, like I don't really know this stuff, I don't know the Bible like you do, like all that stuff is going to come into your head and it will come, it always comes, it's going to be the rest of your life, just ignore it, um, don't be condemned, please admit there's no condemnation in Jesus, none. Like that, 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 that one verse, that's Roman eight, Romans 8, 1, if you want to write that down. There's no condemnation in Jesus. That took me so many years to go, oh, there's actually no condemnation in Jesus. Because we, we just don't believe it. We're just like, yeah, but God still wants me to do this. And if I don't do it, he's going to get angry at me. No, he's not. There's no condemnation in Jesus. God's not angry at you. <laughs> How many people live their whole life thinking God's angry at them? If he, and if they don't do this one thing, he's going to be super unpleased with them. And then fear motivates your relationship with God instead of love. And you're not pursuing Him, you're pursuing being okay with Him because you think He's not okay with you. There's no condemnation in Jesus. There's no condemnation in Jesus. There's no condemnation in Jesus. Keep saying it until you believe it, until it becomes part of who you are. And then condemnation will come in, into your head, and you go, whatever, there's no condemnation in Jesus. 
yeah, that's what I did for a really long time. I'll get you in a sec. I, I would stand in front of the mirror at home, stuff I did not believe and did not see in my life, and I would speak it and speak it and speak it. And then eventually I stopped speaking because I didn't need to anymore because I believed it. And the little whisper around <coughs> Satan or past experiences anything. or humans or anything, anything. that the past said it to you and they don't count. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, eventually you speak it out enough, it becomes interwoven into who you are and you no longer need to speak it out. You guys following that? You no longer keep, have to keep on speaking what you already believe. Um, Kane. Um, just while you're speaking, like something came to mind. Like, you know how it talks about in the Bible about like, the gift of faith? Yeah. Is there a distinction between faith in Jesus and the gift of faith? Wow, that's a good question. Yeah. I actually personally do not know um, what the gift of faith is. I could take a guess from what yeah. um, I've heard of it, but I don't know. Um, is it more faith? I think it's faith for like, it's like extraordinary faith for like crazy things to happen. Yeah. That's my guess. I don't know though. So I'm not going to teach it like that's the truth. And that's just what I heard from someone. Someone taught me that. So it's like faith for extraordinary things. Like, but every, it says also in Romans 12 that we've all been given the measure of faith, not a measure of faith. So we all have the same faith. Does that make sense? It's not like, oh, this person has great faith and this person doesn't. You all have the same amount. It depends on how you use it. Use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, it, Jesus says, if you have a mustard seed of faith, that's enough to move a mountain, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've all get, been given at least a mustard seed, I personally believe. <laughs> and that's more than enough to move mountains. Yeah. Um, Jazz. Um, about the no condemnation thing, how do you like, like what happens if you, like I know we're not sinners anymore, but say you do yeah. accidentally just submit to a temptation, mm-hmm. like how do you handle that? Because if I'm just like, oh, I can't be condemned and move on, then that's yeah. just letting that like, slide as if it's okay when it wasn't okay. Yeah, totally. Like, how do you like... That's such yeah. a good question. Yeah. And like, the reason I actually brought that up is because I was going to say, don't be condemned because next week I'm going to interrupt this topic of faith and then preach on that. Oh. So that's next week. Okay. But I'll give you a 30-second answer because I literally... Oh my goodness, this was like the topic that I spiraled out of control in my own life. Because I was like, I screwed up, I keep on doing it. I said I'm sorry, but I keep on doing it. And like, how can I be sorry if I keep on doing it? And I was like, he must hate me. It says, you know, this about this. And I just kept focusing on the negative. And I was like, I actually thought genuinely that God hated me. Genuinely. Because I did not know how to understand that question. But the 30 second answer is, know who you are. Because then you won't preach... So, okay, let's say, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to get too far into this, but let, let's say you do mess up. You don't go, crap, I'm a sinner. You know that, right? Yeah. Oh, crap, I'm a sinner because I sinned. No, you're not. You're yeah. still a son and you're still righteous and you still have Jesus inside of you. <laughs> Did I say something? Son. Daughter. Daughter. Still Sorry. I didn't no, but I yeah. I was talking about myself, but anyway. <laughs> um, you preach identity to you and yeah. you go, that, what I just did, it didn't even come from me. Father, I thank you that I am a righteous son or daughter of God mm-hmm. and that did not come from me. That wasn't right. And God, I, I'm, not, I'm not part of that anymore. I'm distancing myself from that. That's not even who I am. And then when you preach who you are to yourself, you no longer go, crap, I shouldn't have, maybe next time I should have done this. And you start 
analyzing and critiquing, and this will be more clear next week. I'm, I'm struggling to put it into words, but basically identity is the key for this. Like I had a friend of mine, actually he'll, he'll be cool with me saying this, this is Ben Juice, and he came up to me, this is uh, six months ago, and he goes, Nate, I keep going back to my sin. Why do I keep doing that? And I said, because you believe that you are not a righteous tree. Therefore, you, you produce unrighteous fruit. Wow. You believe that you're a righteous tree, you will produce righteous fruit. But you don't actually receive God's um, word over you saying that he's made you righteous. Mm. You still think you're a sinner and therefore you produce sin. Like it's, it's, it's pretty simple when you start thinking about it like that. It's like, oh, okay. But then I also understand what you're saying. Even if you do believe that and then you still mess up, what do you do? Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. Lift, lift your hands to God and praise him. Father, I thank you that that was not me. And that, that just proves that that was like seriously not you. Mm. Because like, who, who does that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. no one goes like, you can beat yourself up and, and cut yourself down, but that's actually going to make you further and further and further away from God. And eventually you'll stop going to church and stop caring because it's too much to think about because I've screwed up so many times and ah, uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. If you just keep preaching who you are and just pursuing holiness and pursuing God and pursuing what he's like. That wasn't 30 seconds, but no, I'll touch more on that next week. I'm going I'm to go to town on that topic because it's so big. Yes. Yeah. And that, just to add to that, I mean, the same way you told us to, to say to ourselves all the time, all the time, there's no condemnation in Jesus. You have to say to yourself, I am righteous. Yes. You know, and you repeat it and you say it, even to the point of actually putting a sign on the mirror where you look every day. 100%. And you just write, Jesus loves me, and lipstick on your mirror. You put a stick it there and you say that time. You, you repeat so you are saying it over and over again. You just watch the difference. Yeah. Because you're not doing it on your own strength. You're doing it for yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He's doing it for you. And you just watch that strength come on you and, yeah. and you will see a real change. Yeah. And bring that back. I'll get in one sec. Bring that back to faith just for a second, can you see how that is faith? Because you don't feel that and you don't see that. And what you just did didn't seem like that came from a righteous person, right? But you acknowledge that even above what you just did and what you're feeling and what you're seeing and experiencing. And you're going to, that's me. And you're pointing to someone that's like, you can't even see it, but you know it's you. And that's what makes it come alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know it's you. You know it's you with your heart, but even though you don't feel it and it's not your experience, and what you just did says otherwise, all that stuff doesn't matter. What matters is God's word because it just stands forever. You know? Yeah. Um, Kath? I was going to say, um, I was reading something in like Joyce Meyer's book and it was like, the Holy Spirit doesn't like condemn, but yeah. convict. Yes. Oh, that's so, like, so good. Um, it like works as if it doesn't like try to bring you down further. Like yeah. you feel like a burden of sin, but actually the opposite like mm. you acknowledge your wrongs but it also helps you lift out of like yeah. your wrongdoing and yeah. move on yeah, yeah. that's, that was really cool. that's, that's yeah. actually so on point and uh, yeah I think a big breakthrough for me was understanding we're only on this topic now <laughs> um, <laughs> where uh, a big breakthrough for me was understanding the difference between those two things condemnation yeah. and conviction line, yeah the, it's also very different yeah totally so I, I personally think condemnations of the devil and convictions of God and condemnation says you sin, therefore you're a sinner. You did this, therefore you're pathetic. You're, I can't believe you went back to that. You're, you're a pervert. You're this, you're that. Conviction goes, you're a son. And you're so much better than that. You're so much better than that. And see how it lifts you up? You still know it's wrong. And you still admit that that wasn't you. But that lifts you up and spurs you on forward. Condemnation takes you backwards. You know what I mean? It spirals you out of control. And then you start... Oh, anyway, you'll get into this whole thing. But... 
Um, yeah, thank you. That's a really good point. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Holy Spirit brings conviction. The devil brings condemnation. Okay, let's try and get back on topic. Where are we? Okay. Yeah, so don't be condemned because you're not under the law anymore, but that's next week. Uh, You're right. I'm all about laughter, so it's good. <laughs> um, okay. Are you guys ready for the, the three steps? You know, I have like three points and everything. Um, there's three steps to making this a reality. Oh, yeah. See, God, I wasn't there for that sermon, but I've heard about it. Um, sorry, guys. In joke. Uh, three steps. So three steps to making... Uh, this faith thing a reality in your life first of all number one step one identify doubt identify doubt and if you've got your bibles please open to james chapter one uh, james is very close to the end of your bible after the book of hebrews It's, it's pretty hot. It's cooler here. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, true. And the wind goes straight down that way. It's yeah. It's all good. Yeah, you should sit in the chair. Yeah, I will. He's sweating. It's all good. Um, okay, James chapter 1, verse 5. Everyone there? James chapter 1. So straight after Hebrews, James is. Um, and James, from what I've heard, is actually written to new Christians. So if you're a new Christian or you're checking this stuff out, James is a good book. It's very, very black and white and practical. It's like, give a man on the street your coat. That's a good thing to do. It's like, <laughs> sweet. That's very easy to understand. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, James chapter 1, verse 5. I'm reading ESV, by the way, if that helps. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. See that black and white again? It will be given to him, not might be given to him. Verse 6, But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. It, sound, it sounds like a pretty hectic verse, and I guess it pretty much is, because it's like, if you ask and you doubt, you can expect to receive nothing from God. So what I wanna, the main thing I wanna do here is identify what doubt actually is. Because like I said before, if you think it's a thought in your head, then you will think you're doubting constantly and you will feel like, oh my gosh, how the hell can I have faith? Like it seems impossible. But if you look up, from what I've heard, if you look up the definition of the Greek word for doubt, it's actually far more talking about uh, you were going to do something and then you chose to do something else. It's a very intentional thing. Like, you chose it. It was, it was you're, you're walking one way and you go, no, I'm going to go this way. And, you, and Or should I go back that way? And I don't know if that person wants this. And should I do this? And constantly overthinking and you're, constantly, you're never actually making a decision. You're never actually going, yes. You know what I mean? And walking this line. No matter what comes in in your head, 
you're just choosing and you're walking and you're going. You know what I mean? But doubt is when you're umming and ahhing. That's when you, you're double-minded and unstable in all your ways. Like let's say you're praying to God, uh, God, I really need help with finances. But you don't believe that God is actually for you and wants to help you with that sort of stuff. That's, I feel like that's a very conflicting thing. You won't, I don't think you'd expect to save, receive anything from God in that scenario because you're going, God, I just really need help. I'm really stressed out. I've got all these bills. And it's just like, you can, can you see how you're praying from like worry, stress and fear rather than expectation that God will and God does? Does that make sense? So the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He's thinking this, but then he's thinking this and then he's going this way and then he's going this way and he's never set. And if you watch Jesus' life, he's set and he's not moving. His feet are firmly planted in the ground and doesn't matter what anyone says about him. Like people make fun of him the entire of his, entirety of his ministry and it just doesn't move him. Like it's beautiful to watch because he's just like, man, he so knows who he is. He so knows he's the son of God and that God's word stands and lasts forever. And that's really all he needs to know because people are just like going, but what about this teacher? What about this? What about this? And maybe sometimes even a teacher like me up front is going, you've got this, you've got to, you've got to count for this. And no, like we've just got to be strong sometimes. Like I've said to you guys when we did that, that truth um, week, I said, if your life doesn't look like Jesus, like in a certain area, well, that's something that, you know, that God has for you and you're not walking in yet. But that's, that's how you find truth is you compare your life to the life of Jesus, right? I compare my life to Jesus right now. I see him get up in front of people, people with like in a much more difficult time with like spears and stuff and you get crucified for saying the wrong thing. Like that's way more intense than teaching night. Like what's this going to happen to someone like post on Facebook or something? I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, but he'll get up there and just say the most incredibly offensive, strong statement. And you're just like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you just did that. Whereas sometimes I teach, I'm like, yeah, this, but don't be this and don't, don't be afraid to. And I, I'm a little bit soft in that area. And that's an area that God's got to grow me in because Jesus wouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? I'm just being honest with you guys. Like That's what you've got to do. You've got to, you've got to lay your life over Jesus and go, would he actually do this? Would he speak like this? Would he think like this? You know what I mean? All right. I'm getting off track a little bit. But do you guys understand what I'm saying about doubt? Just pick something. Even if it's wrong, the best that you know, no, no, seriously, what, what I mean is, let's say you're trying to figure out a topic of like, does um, God want to heal this person? Just go up and just pray and just see what happens. And then don't, if nothing happens straight away, don't go, oh, but maybe he didn't, maybe I didn't say it right, or maybe I, oh, frick, I'm not anointed today or whatever. And then you start, that's when you start getting, um, no, legit, you guys laugh and people think like that. It's like, oh, anointing's gone today. Oh, well, tomorrow I'll try. Um, legit. Um, so, sorry, with, yeah. with um, doubt, if, um, like, say, if you do have a lot of doubt um, and then you go do it and you're not actually praying, um, like, you, you just still have doubt, but you're praying, like, how does that come in? Because you're sort of, it's an act of faith, but your mentality is doubt. I personally think that you are not doubting in that scenario because you still went and did it. I, I feel like your belief, um, what you actually believe is determined far more by your life than even the words you say or the thoughts in your head. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you believe 
that we need to go and preach the gospel to all nations, but you don't do it, then you don't believe it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you believe that God wants to heal that person in front of you right now through you, mm-hmm. and then you go and do that, you believe that's, you at very least believe that's possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even if you're not expecting this amazing straightaway miracle, at very least, you, you did your best with what you got. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's so pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm, I'm, but I don't know what you're saying about doubt though. So are you saying that your, your thoughts in your head just like, oh, that's not going to happen, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. More like, um, it's like yeah. a fear of man, right? Um, more, not so much fear of man, more like doubt that something will happen mm. or not happen. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. uh, yeah. Yeah. All I can say is just keep it really simple and let's just keep going with the, the healing analogy for now. Um, pray and then just hold on to it. Mm. Like I tell you a really quick testimony. Like I and usually this just stuff just usually doesn't happen to me. But my dad hurt his leg a couple of weeks ago and then like he was in a lot of pain and I went and prayed for him at his house while he was just lying in bed and nothing happened. But I didn't, I didn't even expect anything to happen straight away. Like, I was just like, I just prayed. It was a really simple prayer. I was like, thank you, Jesus, for healing my dad's leg. I didn't try. I didn't get intense. I didn't go crazy. And I didn't, like, get discouraged when I didn't see anything immediately happen. You know what I mean? I was like, let's just see what happens. And then my mom texted me a few hours later going, he's a lot better. Thanks for praying. And I was like, that's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, see, the thing, the thing is that, like, you've got to hold to it for time. You know what I mean? Time. That's where the time thing comes back in again. Like you already have the measure of faith. You don't need more faith. You have what you've you've been given the measure of faith. Mm -hmm. You've got everything you need right now at your disposal. You just got to say it. Single-minded. I'm saying it. I'm believing the best that I can that's going to happen. And I'm just going to hold to that. You know what I mean? Even even if it gets worse. Way worse. Because that's when you start to doubt really bad it's like oh my gosh i've made it worse yeah. like i am not walking in faith today it's just like that, that that's where you're double-minded and unstable in all your ways because yeah. you yeah sorry um so when it it says in um yeah romans 14 yeah. 23 where it yeah. says if you do something and you doubt like that's sin so like that's what i mean like if you're actually oh, okay so like if i'm praying and i'm like oh i really don't believe this i'm like frick it i'm gonna do it like, what's the point? You know mm. what I mean? Like, mm. what's the point of me doing it if I'm not all wholeheartedly yeah. in it? I see what you mean. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah. I've heard a couple of different perspectives on that, like yeah. that exact topic. Some people say just stop praying and go find God and then come back and then pray again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, don't be tricked into thinking just because there's thoughts going through your head yeah. that you are in a place of doubt. Like, you know, like, what you believe in your heart, like, deep in your heart. Like, only you can know that. Yeah. Like, if you, if you really just pause that situation right there, you stepped out and you go, Renee, what do you actually believe about healing? Do you believe that God heals? Mm-hmm. And you go, yeah, yeah, I believe he heals. Do you believe that he, like, enjoys healing? I think so. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that he can heal through people? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Do you think he can heal through you? Yeah. It's like, well... I think you do believe, but like you're just yeah. letting the thoughts get to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Sweet. Thank yeah. You. That's okay. Yeah.
Um, Questions good, galore tonight. Love it. Uh, it's a good question, like spiritual warfare. Like you know, when if you are stepping out of the reg or you know, you're going to the kingdom, you are gonna cop a lot more. Like you know what I mean? You're oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So is that you're, you're trying to like to like get my head around? You're saying that 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 doubt and that thing is a lot more from the enemy going. Hundred percent. You're going. So it's all external. Yeah. It's all like that. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, I I said this to you guys before. Every single mo- Monday, when that when the Monday night's coming up for teaching night, I get attacked every single oh, yeah. time yeah, yeah, yeah. like of course i would if you're gonna attack me the whole thing doesn't run tonight right mm-hmm. and then th- you guys don't get to benefit so it makes it's like in a strategic mindset that makes a lot of sense go after the the leader of a group don't go after the the pawns that you guys are pawns but you know, <laughs> <laughs> the soldiers i should have said that would have made heaps more sense um and being a lot more respectful to people <laughs> um now nah, you guys know what i mean but like yeah just linking in what Keenan was saying in her day, like, like so you can be so passionate and faithful knowing that like, today you're going to be able to have an opportunity to like, just heal somebody or just see God do something. Yeah. And so I'm always stoked to go to the grocery shops because there's always somebody with a broken arm or something. So <laughs> I'm pumped going expecting and I'll get there and then I might feel Holy Spirit say healing and then I'll turn around and I'll see somebody. Like the other day there was someone with double leg brace and my old man was just epic, epic. And, but then straight away you see him and then fear can come in in a way and just stop you from taking that one opportunity. And then you might be like, oh my goodness, doubting or whatever. But then just from going, no, that's not for me, and praying, like God brings him to you again. So like we went to the bowl shop and then he's in there. I'm like, boom. Yeah. And you get to pray for him. So, so I think good, just from acknowledging it's not from you, it's from the oh, it's a attack big, it's it's a big thing. There'll always be another opportunity to, if you're passionate and you're wanting it, to go yeah. after it. Totally, totally. And I think the um, mindset is really motivating because if you're forgetting that, then you can often just be like, I do I suck? Like, I want to go after these things, but constantly my brain just brings me down. But if you switch your mindset and you're like, the devil's biggest joy is to defeat me, and I'm such a powerful child of God, then you're just like, like, I know when I am like, the devil's attacking my mind, and then I realize it's the devil, I'm like, oh, it's the devil, yay, it's the devil, I'm like, it's not me. Like, that's I'm so like, good. I didn't defeat him, I didn't care about him, sweet, like, that's not who I am, and I can keep going who I am. Yeah, because yeah. what, what, what stops you is the fact that you did think it was you. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, I am doubting, oh my gosh, I can't do this because yeah, yeah, yeah. X, Y, Z. Um, yeah, you got a question? Sorry, I just had a thought. Yeah. Um, when we doubt ourselves, a lot of the time it's doubting our own ability. Mm. It's not actually doubting God. Mm. Mm. So I've, told, I've heard God tell me to do things. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, I'm not the right person to do that. Mm. But it's like giving that over to God and saying, actually, it's not even my own strength. It's mm. not even yeah, about me. Totally. Yeah. God yeah. just yeah. through me and like, he'll come through every time. Yeah, 100%. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, although at the same time, very much agree with that you have to get to a place where you consider yourself worthy for him to do that through you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So you might think, oh my gosh, God's doing that. He's doing everything right. But then you don't actually avail yourself for the person he wants to work through mm-hmm. to touch that person. You know what I mean? Um, and usually that comes from not knowing who you are, not knowing that you are a righteous son, just walking like Jesus. You know, he's, he's, he's your older brother and you're just following him, you know? Um, and if you don't, value yourself like that and you go no i'm just a, I'm, I'm very distant from god he's amazing and of course he is but like he's very far and i'm 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 just this small person how can i do anything he's not going to flow through you because you're not even believing what he says about you he sees that you're stronger than you even see for yourself you know what i mean um yeah i feel like we're getting a little bit slightly distracted i'm like 
I'm up to point one and there's like heaps of notes and stuff. I might have to cut this down because we're just like getting distracted. And just to answer your question, how do I get attacked? Yeah. Um, I get attacked through lots of different things. Um, today was like headaches and stuff and I was really tired. And then it was like, you don't even know your notes. Are you kidding? Like that you're going to get there and have nothing to say. And every single week, I feel like that, that hits me. And every single week I get up here and just ramble on for freaking ever. <laughs> so it's just like, I know it's not true, but every week, week after week, he goes, there's no way you're going to be able to speak tonight. No way. So like, yes, I can. I did it last week. And just keep pushing, keep moving on. But it's, it's, it's the same thing every week. Like it's the same, you can't do this. Like who are you to be teaching? Like what, what, if, you get to, what if you get to heaven and you, and you just taught the wrong thing to all these people? You know what I mean? That sort of stuff. And God's really angry at you. Yeah, totally. That, that, that held me in, in fear for so many years. Because there's a verse in the Bible on that in James that says, don't let, um, not everyone should be teachers because you're going to be judged more harshly. And you can take that and go, oh my gosh, like if I teach the one wrong thing, God's going to hold me accountable to that. And like, truthfully, I am going to have to give account for every single word I share with you guys. But I'm not scared of him in that. Because I'm doing the best with what I got and he knows that. He knows my heart is pure and I'm doing the best to honor him. And if, and if I sin, I will repent and, and, and make up for it and say, that wasn't me and keep moving on. But like, does that make sense? Like that, that's the kind of stuff that hits me. It's just like fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, like um, attacking who I am, like how I speak, what I did wrong last week, all these things. It just, it never ends. I'm just used to it now. So I'm just like, I just ignore it and just keep pushing on because it only affects you if you let it affect you, you know? Yeah. Anyway, let's keep moving. Um, so, okay, I might, I might cut this talk a little bit short and we'll end on this, like, this point. Oh, let's just see how we go. I want you guys to close your eyes. And I'm going to read out to you true statements from the Bible. And I want you, because this is the first step, right? Identify doubt. You've got to find where you're not believing the word specifically for your life. So I'm going to read out a statement. I want you guys in your head. Don't just put your hand up or anything. Just say, you know what? I don't believe that if you don't. But if you do, say, praise God, I actually do believe that. <laughs> but the ones that you, where you feel like you don't, that's the stuff I want to, I want to like focus in on tonight and we're going to defeat it. Um, here's, here we go. God will provide to me financially every single day of my life. I no longer have a sinful nature. God has been with me every moment of my life closer than I know. God loves me. God likes me. My life is pleasing to Him. The power of God can and will flow through me. I can have peace and freedom in my heart and my mind every single day. Heaven and hell are real. I can know him just as good or even better than my friends. I have a destiny and purpose for my life that God has designed me for and is edging me closer to every single day. I can get to a place where the devil can't touch me at all. I can live like Paul. I can live like Jesus. 
God's not angry at me. I am incredibly beautiful. I am worth the blood of Jesus. God loves to heal people and healing brings him glory. If I remain in Jesus, I can ask for whatever I wish and he will give it to me. God speaks to me every day and loves doing it. God and I are one spirit together. Right, you guys can open your eyes. Now what I'm hoping is, not that you're doubting, but I'm hoping that there was at least one or two of those that like stood out to you in your heart, just specifically for you. Like just, even just pick one. Like it's okay, just you don't have to tackle everything in one go. Just pick one that was like, you know what? Yeah, I don't know if I do believe that. And don't think, oh, but I do believe that up here. Look at your life. For example, finances, when you look at your net bank, do you get this like, oh, shuddering feeling, just like you're a bit worried? <laughs> I think I just convicted everyone in the room. <laughs> nah, because I get that too. That's how I know it's a thing. Um, but you know what I mean? Like look at your life and look at how you act with these certain topics. That's how you know if you believe it or not. You know what I mean? Um, so just focus on one and we're going to look at what Jesus says about that. So flip open your Bibles to John 20. <coughs> There's been no cat come in tonight. This is kind of weird. Aw, I like that kind of intermission. John 20 verse 24. So a little bit of context here. Jesus has just raised from the dead. And in the few verses beforehand, he's walked through the door into the room where his disciples are. And he keeps talking about peace. He's just obsessed with peace because he's now just destroyed sin. He's like, guys, peace, peace, peace. And it's awesome. Um, so then it says, verse 24, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Um, eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. He just walked through the wall again and said, Peace be with you. There he goes again. Um, then he said to Thomas, This is the verse. Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Who has NIV? Is anyone have NIV? Yeah. Can you read out what it says there for that verse? It's the whole thing? Uh, just that last sentence. Stop doubting and believe. Yeah. So verse 28, Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen, uh, sorry, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, first of all, can I just say that sometimes we think, oh, I wish I could have been there with the disciples and actually seen physically Jesus and all that. And I get that. That's a, I mean, I think that all the time. Like, that would have been so much easier. Um, 
what's funny is I think sometimes we like like smash that person and go, no, dude, just believe. Just read the word and just believe and you'll be sweet. But Thomas goes, I won't do it until I actually see it. And Jesus doesn't go, you, you, blah. <laughs> I can't think of a word. You, um, unbelieving, whatever. He actually, he actually comes up to him and goes, like, see, touch. He honors it. He still goes, blessed are those who have not seen and believed, but still blessed is you, like, blessed are you for you have actually believed because you have seen and believed. You know what I mean? It's okay. If you feel like you need to see a sign on something, I feel like from this passage, I would be like, God, show me. And I think, he, I believe he'll honor that. And I don't think that you're being doubt. Yeah, I don't, yeah, you want to be condemned for that. And I don't think you'll like, that means that you're doubting. I just feel like you want to see proof of it. And I feel like that's okay. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, that's besides the point. Um, what I want to point out is in verse 27, Jesus goes, he's so blunt. Like I can't even imagine saying this to someone. Do not disbelieve, but believe. <laughs> he didn't tell him how to do it either. He just says it. Don't disbelieve, Thomas. Believe. It's just like, I read that and I was like, that is like ridiculous. Like, how do you do that? How can you receive that and go, oh, okay, I believe. Like, <laughs> but that seems to be what Jesus is asking. Now, what I get from that is, you say, I, don't, I just can't believe God would do this. Whatever that thing was that I just pointed out. I mean, that, sorry, that God brought up in your heart. You say, I can't believe that God would do this. Jesus goes, stop doubting and believe. And the only reason he would say that is because he knows that you can do it. He never would ask you to do something that you can't do. So he's saying, yes, you can. Stop doubting and believe. Yes, you can. And you go, no, I can't. Yes, you can. <laughs> No, I can't. You don't understand God. Yes, you can. Stop doubting and believe. Sometimes like the Bible is just like that simple. It's like, well, how do I do that, Nate? Jesus is just like, man, you just do it. You know what I mean? You just do it. Is that confusing to people? Like, I feel like it is at least a little bit. But I'll give you some practical steps for how, how I personally think that, that can work out for some of you guys. But do you see how blunt he is and how just like like to the point he is, I guess. And I just want you, all I want you guys to know is that, that you are capable of doing that. If you feel like you're not, sorry, Jesus says otherwise and I'm going to trust him over you, personally. Um, okay. I'll touch on that basically in a second, but the point, so that, sorry, I forgot to say point two. That was point two. <laughs> point two, defeat doubt. So point one, Identify doubt. Point two, defeat doubt. I know it feels like I didn't give you a, a, how to defeat doubt, but we'll get there in a sec. Point three, pursue truth with all you've got and never ever stop. Pursue truth with all you've got and never ever stop. Just so you guys know, if you guys want Jesus, you want God reality, this is what you're gonna be doing the rest of your life, every single day. And it's not a burden. It's a privilege. I love doing it every single day because of how much freedom it brings me. Like lies hit me and I go, no, I'm going after truth. I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. And then freedom comes, joy rises in my heart. I'm like, 
I'm happier. You know what I mean? Like it's not a hard thing for me to do. I want to do it. I want to be happy. <laughs> I want to have energy. I want to be strong. And the, the truth frees you with all that stuff. Like it seriously does. Like it's not a theory that I've come up with. This is actually a reality for me. And for lots of people. It's a real thing. Peace every single day, 24-7. It's possible. I dare say it's even, should be, it should even be normal. It shouldn't be the rare exception. It should be normal. The Bible says he himself is our peace. And who has him? All of us do. But by faith you acknowledge it and receive it into your life. And, and until you do that, you won't have peace. Guarantee it. It doesn't work that way. Okay. Um, so practically speaking, for this last point, pursue truth or you got never ever stop. What I'm going to say to you is this personally worked for me, but this is a personal practical thing. It may not work for you as well. Start speaking the word, especially the stuff that you don't believe. Especially the stuff that you don't believe. Speak it out. Even if you're like, your mind is so doubting as you're saying it, like that's what you feel. Just, you feel like you're so doubting. Just say it, scream it, sing it, write it down, whatever you want. Make it your phone wallpaper so whenever you open it, you see that. Soon it will start to become part of who you are. It doesn't take long. It just, your heart just needs a bit of like, a bit of a warm up. And you go, oh yeah, actually no, I do believe that. And you grab hold of it. And then what happens is, someone says something opposite to it and your heart will speak back. He goes, no, that's not right. It actually happened to me a few months ago. I was, I was hanging out with a friend and he said something about his, his like, identity. He wasn't speaking those terms, but he was just talking about himself. And my, my, my heart spoke back to him. Like I didn't, I didn't say anything, but as soon as he said something, my heart goes, no, that's not right. And I didn't have to think because it became part of who I am. It's like interwoven into my being where I don't have to try and go, no, I'm a son, I'm a son, I'm righteous, I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm part of the family of God. I, I don't have to try with that anymore. It is who I am and my heart fully believes it and my mind's completely convinced. It's not an effort anymore. But I think it, sometimes it has to start with a bit of a, oh, let's go, and you start speaking and saying it, writing it down, whatever. So, um, whew, already touched on that. Yeah, and what's going to happen is you're going to get a lot of opposition for this stuff and you're going to be forced to start <coughs> fighting for it. And what I, why I'm speaking strong tonight is because you need to fight for it. Because this is your birthright. This is your birthright. You're born again into the family of God with all these privileges. Co-heir with Christ. <laughs> What's he an heir to? Everything. Yeah. Who, who is he also an heir with? You. You get everything with him. You have certain privileges of being a child of God. And they're yours and the devil cannot touch them. He can't take them away. He's not allowed to. Only you can let him do that by not receiving the word of truth for your own life. That's the only way to do it. All right, last little bit. I know I've gone over time, but you guys are right? It's, it's a little bit hot, isn't it? Is everyone all right? Yeah, okay. Good temperature. You're freezing. Wow, I'm just like, I'm on fire over here. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no worries. Cool. All right. Um, I'm just going to get super, super practical for a second here, like give you actual real life examples because I know some of you need that. Um, let's say you have depression and you are depressed and you are feeling depressed consistently over a long period of time. 
but you want peace, what do you do? What do you do? Pray for peace. Pray for peace. That's a, that's a great place to start. <laughs> but what I'm saying to you, how you can apply this to your life, is this is how you do it. You ready? Thank you, Jesus, that I have peace. Thank you, Jesus, that although I don't feel peace right now and I may never feel the feeling of peace, I have peace with you through the blood of Christ. Romans 5.1 Thank you, Jesus, that you are my peace and that I have you. See how you're breathing life into the scripture there? Scripture was always there. It's alive. It's so ready to be taken, but you've got to grab it and you've got to go, despite how I feel, this is for me and this is mine. I have peace. And thank you, Lord, that when I present my request before you, the peace of God guards my heart that I don't understand. I don't understand it, but I have that peace that I know it's there. I don't see it. I don't even feel it. I may never feel it or even see it. I don't care. I believe your word above my own thoughts. Is that making sense? You could be crying while you're doing this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're feeling. It doesn't matter if you just come back from a counseling session and, you really, and you're on antidepressants. No condemnation. Wherever you're at, that's where you're at. You just start speaking, speaking life and moving your heart to a position of, no, 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 I feel this way, but I am this way. You know what I mean? And they can be, they usually are completely opposite things. I feel disgusting, but I am beautiful. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, all right, here's another lie. It feels like God is distant. It feels like God is distant. Father, I thank you so much that you live in my heart. And the fullness of God is in my heart and you've always been with me and you've never left me and you're never going to forsake me and you've always heard everything I've said and you've been with me since the day I was born. On my first day of school, you were right there beside me and I didn't know it and I couldn't feel it and I couldn't see it and I may never see it, but I know it's true because your word says it is and you are so faithful to your word because your word is your bond. Your word is, you've raised your word even above your own name. That's what the word says about himself. His word is that strong. I don't feel you. You don't seem near, but you are. Thank you, Jesus, that you're right with me right now. Can you see the power of faith? And you're not doing anything. You're just receiving what he said. How good is that? You don't have to do anything. There's no have to's anymore. You just get to receive all your privileges of being a child of God. You're born into a royal family, so you get to be treated a certain way and have certain privileges. You're a royal priesthood, aren't you? Royalty? Who hears royalty? <laughs> Who he believes that about themselves? You walk around every day and you just feel, yeah, I'm, I'm royal. Good on you, man. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm royal. What are you talking about? <laughs> Love it, Aiden. So good. Um, are you guys get, getting the point of this? I'll just do one more just for time's sake because I know it's late. Oh, this is a big one. <laughs> it's a sensitive one. And I'm not going to... Um, I'm just going to speak it out because it actually is a reality for lots of people. And maybe even for most of us, we've all gone through this. You pray for someone and then they pass away. What do you do with that situation? How does faith apply there? Because you probably thought, like, to the best of your ability, that you were applying faith in that situation, right? but then it let you down or God let you down or someone let you down because what you wanted didn't happen, right? How do you recover from that? How do you bounce back from that? This is what you do. And you can be crying as you do this. You can be so upset at a funeral, giving the speech, like the eulogy, whatever it's called, and doing this. 
Father, I thank you that I am not defining what just happened to me, although it is very real and it feels like the most incredibly real thing I've ever experienced. I will not let that trump your reality. And your reality is the Word of God. And the Word of God is my reality and I take that for myself. And although I did all the best that I could in that situation, I believed that you were going to heal this person and it didn't happen, I still believe in you. I still believe in you. And, and you just, you, you, that's how you get out of a place like that. You speak life over it when everything else is telling you not to. Even people and even well-meaning Christians are like, it's all right, brother, it wasn't his will to do that. No, no, don't believe that. Jesus is the revealed will of God, isn't he? And how many people did Jesus heal? Guys, he healed everyone. It's hard to receive sometimes, but he healed everyone. And we are to follow him, aren't we? We have him inside of us, don't we? And we can make excuses because it, it, it makes it feel easier when stuff like that happens. It's the worst thing ever. Death is the worst thing ever. And, and it's so much easier to go, you know what, maybe it wasn't God's will. I'm just going to trust him with that. No, I'm sorry. You can't do that. Because what you've just done is you've elevated your own peace and comfort and thoughts and wisdom above him. And he is revealed through his son. Jesus is the exact imprint of God's nature. And the way that Jesus lived is the way God is. And even though we don't experience it and we don't feel it and we don't understand it and we did our best. Yeah, you did do your best and it didn't happen. I don't, I don't have an answer for you guys, by the way. If you've been through that, I don't have an answer. All I know is I trust in God. He's my father. I don't have anywhere else to turn to. I don't want to turn to anywhere else. You guys know what I mean? It's rough. This stuff is rough and heavy and it, it should be because death is, is never meant to be part of the world but you still hold with intensity, militant. I will not give in. I will not give in to what I feel and what I've experienced. It hurts me so much, but I will not give in because I believe God's word trumps even my reality, even my reality. You've got to speak like that and you've got to think like that. Um, I was going to read out one piece, piece of scripture and that's it. We're done for tonight. Um, Matthew 17. Jesus is about to say some stuff in this, in this verse that I don't, know, I don't know if I've met many people that really believe this. <laughs> That's how heavy it is and crazy it is. Matthew 17, verses 14. Just listen if you want or you can read along. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him. So Jesus is with his disciples. And kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. Just quickly, I'm going to interrupt. We pray for someone and it doesn't happen and we go, oh, maybe it's not God's will. But was it the, was it the will of God for this boy to be healed right here? Mm -hmm. Yes. But if you had analyzed it after the disciples had prayed, maybe you would have considered otherwise mm -hmm. because they didn't see it. Mm -hmm. 
and they did their best prayer. They'd already been healing people, by the way, before this. This is Matthew 17, almost at the end of the book. They were sent out at Matthew 10 to heal people and cast out demons. Seven chapters, however long that is, of healing people. Don't debrief after something happens. You just hold and you keep holding and you never let go. Because Jesus reveals it here that it was God's will for this boy to be healed. Keep going. And uh, verse 19, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Now listen up here and highlight this. He said to them, Because of your little faith. And like I said last time, little is better translated brief. Because of your brief faith. Your short faith. You started well, but you didn't hold on. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing... <laughs> this is ridiculous. Nothing will be impossible for you. Did I say that? Or did Jesus say it? Is it in your word? Is it in the Bible? Did Jesus say that? Did he say lots of things? <laughs> no, he didn't. See how like intense and black and white it is? And no thing will be impossible for you. Why? Because you've got, you got faith the size of a mustard seed. And then you spoke because you have faith the size of a mustard seed. And nothing will be impossible for you. Who here believes that? Nothing will be impossible for you. That's what Jesus said. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. I'm saying it now, but only because he said it. <laughs> I've not met many people who believe nothing will be impossible for them. But what if you do? And what if you grab hold of that with faith and you go, you know what? I cannot even imagine what that looks like. <laughs> I don't know. Can I stop flying? Why not? Didn't you say nothing? No, but seriously. Like, we, see, we laugh at it and I get the laugh because I will do the same thing. We laugh at it because of our experience, right? Oh, I've never seen anyone do that. You've got to be kidding yourself, Jesus. But he said nothing. I'm not saying you can get up and start flying right now. But what I'm saying is, Jesus said nothing would be impossible for you. Do you know what I mean? Is that cool? Jesus, thank you, God. Amen. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yay.